Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The bit is back. It always seems to be the same people, doesn't it? You know, causing these accidents. And um, I mean, I understand they've been around for a long time and achieved a lot, but you know, I think they just have to realise that you know sometimes you've got to yield when you're seven laps into a race, fighting for fifteenth position. Wing Cup picks up where he left off last year. An amazing day for Team Vodafone. And Lethal is just that in qualifying and the race. You know, it's uh, it's great to come back with a second uh, for that race. We look back at race one of the Clipsal 500 today on this special edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Jamie Winkup has started his season right where he left off with a win in race one of the Clipsal 500. car was fantastic. We stayed out of trouble. Um, you know... Uh, a fair bit of emotion because uh, you, you do come into the year not knowing with a new car, not knowing what uh, what to expect. Uh, extra pressure involved with uh, carrying the number one, and uh, you know expectation from the team and sponsors. So um, I really feel feel quite relieved that uh, I've got off to a good start and uh, really uh, you know this, this can really sort of push my uh, push my year into the right direction. Lee Holsworth came back to second place after being disqualified in qualifying, dropping him from second to tenth on the grid. It is, and uh, like Will said, it's good to taste some champagne. It's not often it, uh, it happens. So um, for us to start the year like this, this is brilliant. Um, my qualifying would have put me on second on the grid, but uh, the curb hopping got me and I was delegated to tenth. So start back there tomorrow but we've got a good car and uh, it would you know, I mean it showed in that race just the consistency of the car brought us to the front. Will Davison was thrilled to be on the podium with his first outing for HRT. Very enjoyable being able to pass so many cars like that so uh, pretty knackered but uh, yeah this is a great feeling the end was pretty interesting uh, yeah I'm not sure what happened there but Garth had a bit of uh, rubbish coming out the back of the car a bit of smoke and possibly a bit of oil um, but uh, it was good to good to salvage my position and uh, on the podium is uh, yeah very very great. Two rookies to the main game had very different days. David Reynolds in the Bundy Red Commodore learned a lot from the run. Ten laps to go, I struggled a bit, but mate, otherwise I loved it. I had a real good time. What? It's hard work. It is such. It is very very hard work. You you don't underestimate. I did like I, going into it. I knew it was going to be hard work, but I didn't know it was going to be that hard. Tim Slade made one mistake in turn one, which took him out of the event. But, uh, yeah, just sort of made a little mistake at turn one. Missed my braking mark. I went through the chicane and broke a shock. Michael Caruso had the biggest shunt of the race, which was frustrating for the young GRM driver. I'm feeling fine. Um, cars are quite safe these days. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's just a bit disappointing. We have a brand-new car and had some awesome race pace and just picking everyone off one by one after a bad start and getting turned around... At turn three is probably, you know, a silly thing, you know, something I still can't understand what he was trying to achieve, but um, 
you know, it's ruined my car in the process. Much of the talk this weekend was on the qualifying rules and Garth Tander right at this moment has a positive opinion of the change. Yeah, well right now I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, certainly um, it'll bite us in the arse at some stage through the year. And, but, but right now we're probably not the only ones, so we'll be taking advantage of it. But Cam McConville, David Reynolds, Lee Holdsworth and Shane Van Gisbergen did not share GT's opinion. You know, absolute ludicrous rule where I think the only championship anywhere in the world that does it is World Superbikes. And they're, uh, they're four abreast on the grid, not round the corner where I started. So to uh, get up to ninth and then have to go back to 29th, it's like a double smack in the head with a wet fish, really. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll wake up pretty excited in the morning. I still don't agree with that qualifying rule, but, you know, that's the rule and everyone has to abide by it, so... Now back to 22nd we go and hopefully we'll do it all again and come maybe 10th next time, you never know. Apparently the next day everyone makes more mistakes, so that's that's what I've been told. Well, that's what Garth told me, so, yeah, hopefully they do. You know, it's bad for us, but good for a guy like uh, Lounce, so I don't know. Oh, I, I think it's a stupid rule personally, but, yeah. Kelly Racing had its debut this weekend with two of their cars in the top 10 following troubles throughout the weekend so far. Sorted the gearbox drama out, which was good because it would have been a, a long old race if, if uh, we hadn't sorted that. So the gearbox was awesome. Um, the car was uh, an improvement as well from yesterday. But, um, the biggest drama was just the, the engine coming off the corners. It had a bit of a, a misfire coming off the corners, so it was quite difficult to dive in under brakes on all the guys in front. Uh, you know, when you come onto the straight and lose a car length, so um, we'll sort that for tomorrow. In the Fujitsu series, it was David Reynolds who took out the weekend with pole position, second in race one, and a win in race two. Russell talked about flying below the radar in the build-up to this year's season. Yeah, you sort of want to, in a new series, you want to see where you fit in. Um, so I was quite happy to be um, to be up there, you know, um, pr- for practice one and practice two, and. Um, Obviously, a pole um, was fantastic. So, you know, I, I guess I've had a, a dream run this weekend, and um, yeah, hopefully, can, can I can uh, continue it on into round two. James Moffat won race one, but cooked it off the start in race two to eventually finish second overall for the weekend. Moffat was not prepared to admit a mistake. I said I was probably maybe a bit ambitious to, to get on with the job into turn four, and look, I haven't seen the footage, so uh, I'm not going to comment too much on it. But uh, we all saw the result of it. Jonathan Webb finished third, but his weekend was not without its dramas. You know, being uh, the fact that it was all put together in a bit of a rush, there's a few hiccups. Uh, we lost power steering in the in qualifying, which obviously makes it quite difficult around this place. So only a limited number of laps, but fortunate enough to get us up to third. But, you know, we thought uh, we're over all that and had it sorted for race one and we could push on from there. But as we rolled up to the grid, the alternator um, decided to pack it in. So you know, ended up starting from pit lane. There were two hot topics leading into this weekend at Clipsal. How far could a team go on E85? And two, what the reshaping of Turn 8 would be like. V8 Supercar champion Jamie Winkup said Turn 8 is still not quite right. We're sort of still all trying to get used to Turn 8. That's a bit weird and wonderful at the moment. So um, once, you know, no one's had a big crash there yet, but, uh, but it's, all, it's, all, it's all smooth sailing. So happy to be on the front. And uh, as I say, the longer the race, the less pole means. So, uh, we, you know, we really got to make sure we put all our focus into tomorrow. CSR launched its E85 program this weekend with Ross Stone, not wanting to say how much the implementation had cost the V8 supercar teams. Well, some of that I can't tell you because V8 supercars paid SBR to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But it, it, it's, it's not as much work as what you think. It's, um, the dyno work was a smaller part of it. As, as Campbell said, we um, put some on the ground in a safe area and, and um, put a match to it and just done all our homework on um, you know, what the fuel does to rubber and fuel cells and all that sort of thing. But the hardware cost hasn't been very much at all. Oh, I guess um, the project, once, once we actually got our teeth into it, it was like a six-week project that was pretty intense, but it doesn't mean that the dyno was running all that time. But in a six-week period, we, we bowled most of it over. Most, most of the reason for that work that, that, um, that Ross and, and myself, or it wasn't just us, the two of us doing the work, but it was for V8 Supercars so that they, we, we could shortcut the work that the, the rest of the teams would do. And I think what most of them found in the end was when we made the recommendations to them that they could have an engine up and running and mapped um, within a day. So it was, it was no different to having a new engine specification and getting that work to get it into your car. And it was also proving that most of the products which we already had in our cars in the way of fuel cells, fuel lines, pumps and things, would accept the fuel without any issues. So it was, it was quite an important step for the rest of the teams that we did that work for V8 Supercars. After race one, the talk in pit lane was on engines. Oh, wait a minute. It's power steering problems that Tander and Lowndes both suffered from. Sort of ready to sort of go for it the last sort of ten laps. Then uh, power steering failed. So um, in the end, it looks like the whole racks failed, basically. So I uh, couldn't even finish the race, which is disappointing, So especially so close to the end. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders after the break. Gordon Lomas and Paul Gover join me next. And later, we speak with Lethal E. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. As we are here, Clipsal and the first race of the year has just completed. Joining us this week for the first time on the V8 Insiders, Paul Gover. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. It's been a hot, hot, hot and dusty afternoon. I've been out actually looking at the cars on the circuit. How's that for a journalist? Well, we are blessed with a brand new media centre here and we don't even have to leave the media centre, Gordon Lomas, to be able to enjoy the racing. A a big change here at Clipsal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at Jamie Winkup climbing uh, onto the the door sill with his uh, both arms raised in the air I mean the more things change in this sport the more they stay the same Jamie on top again first race of the year it has been a uh, good omen for him last year he went on to win the championship with being able to miss a round as well but I guess one of the stories of the race and it will be a story we'll be talking about Paul will be the engine blow-ups particularly of Lowndes and Tanda. Well, who would have thought that two blokes that high up, that good teams, would both have engine fails, and yet their other cars are going around just plain fine. So 
other interesting thing was that they both managed to spray all all over their back tyres and make themselves look like gooses as well. Well, that could have been one of the major uh, major indicators of what caused uh, Will Davison to have an off and a fantastic result for Will Davison making the move to HRT. Big shoes to fill in. Scafie's there, and he's come up with a podium finish as well. Yeah, I think I think he was just solid. And, and that's the key, always here. There's always going to be a bolter. Today that was Wing Cup, but the blokes who did well behind, even old Stephen Johnson, who looks more like Paul Tracy these days with his salt and pepper hairdo, um, you know, solid, and you get a result. More salt than pepper in uh, Johnson's hair at the moment. But when you look at the, look at the uh, run... The engine blow-ups, I think that's going to be a big story because we debuted E85 this weekend, Gordon. Yeah, not only E85, but uh, they've also got a, a new uh, engine management uh uh, ECU unit, um, the uh, M800, and uh, you know, teams of uh, th- there are a lot of teams down the pit lane that haven't done enough homework in the lead up to the opening round of the season. Even though we've had a long off season, there are a lot of teams out there who have not put the yards in to prepare for the, for the new technical regulations as well as the new sporting regulations. And it's interesting because what we have seen now is a number of drivers fail to finish. And they're going to go right back to their original qualifying spot. And one rule that I'm not sure of is if you have an engine blow or if you change an engine out of precaution, do you have any penalty at all on you? No, no, absolutely not, no. So, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of these things are going to be looked at and, and redressed, hopefully, as the season progresses. Um, and we did speak to Cameron Levick uh, yesterday, the, the series uh, chief executive, and uh, he's certainly not willing to make any snap changes overnight, but he, he did say that V8 Supercars have got the authority to, uh, to actually redress some of these rules and uh, will look at certainly possible changes um, to uh, some of the ones that won't work probably halfway through the year. It's going to be Paul, interesting. So just to pick up on that point, Levitch is a, a, a politician. Paul Morris has never been described as a politician. He said it will definitely change. There will definitely be two qualifying sessions. Well, I was going to move to that in a moment, but if you're Will Davison and if you're Jamie Winkup, do you change your engine for tomorrow? No. No, 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 no. You've got a proven package and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm sure they'll have a look at why the other engines failed and if there's some sort of a problem that's common, they'll do something about it. But otherwise, no, you just leave it fine. You know, um, why fiddle with a good thing? I think Wing Cup's car's probably just bright and shiny right now. It is certainly down there in Victory Lane. Guys, uh, second place today, Lethal Lee Holsworth, and uh, he'll feel somewhat vindicated because you mentioned qualifying. He touched a ripple strip too hard, and Thomas said, uh, back of the grid, son. Well, in fact, position 10 because he was in the shootout. Yeah, he's come from P10. Great drive. You know, what a, what a fantastic drive. You know, bittersweet day for Gary Rogers Motorsport with Caruso having a, a massive accident and... Uh, you know, banging the car up pretty pretty heavily, um, but Lee, I mean, he was he was on the podium here last year. Don't forget, he, he, he's gone one. He was third. He's gone one better today. He's second. So and thoroughly deserves it. He's a top little driver and possibly deserves a a real you know good hard look at for a factory team. It is. He is a great driver and he's also a very personal bloke. We complain about not having personalities in the sport. Too many robots and. 
both Gary Rogers drivers definitely aren't robots when you interview them and talk to them. No, but I've interviewed a lot of drivers who become robots when they've got serious corporate backing. I'm sure that if uh, Lee was stuck into the Holden Racing team, he'd probably calm, well, calm down's the wrong word, but I think he'd get uh, a little bit of counselling on what he was supposed to be saying at the right time. Well, we'll be back with more of the V8 Inside as we might look at some of the issues around Race 1 and this Clipsal event right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as we're joined by Paul Gover and Gordon Lomas and we are at the Clipsal 500, we're watching the drivers standing on the dais so we haven't actually heard from the drivers yet, well but for the ones Paul that uh, have decided to park it early and uh, I guess some two issues that we came into this race with was going to be race strategy, or three issues, race strategy, E85 and turn 8. And uh, as we have seen, a couple of cars into turn eight, and uh, your mate James Courtney gave it a nice little glancing blow in race one. Yeah, he's not too upset about it. I had a had a look down there, and, and they were fine about it. He's he's a lot less happy about the fact that his cool suit stopped working. It's interesting. I asked who made the cool suit. Triple Eight said it's a it's a DJR part, and DJR said oh, it's got a Triple Eight part number on it. So there's already a little bit of argy bargy on who made what. But no, I think. I think, you know, that corner was very bad in the past. It's still tricky, but there's nothing wrong with having tricky corners. I mean, there were people hitting the wall in other places as well today just as badly. And interestingly enough, you've had Jamie Winkup and others coming out saying, we want to be consulted more when we talk about track changes and future track design, Gordon. Yeah, that's um, that's certainly brewed uh, pretty heavily this morning. I think uh, there's guys like Cam McConville who really want to start up like a Grand Prix Drivers Association for V8 supercars. It's been discussed in the past, but it's really really starting to accelerate now with um, you know the, the issues with Turn Eight. Certainly, by the by the sounds of the majority of w- what people are saying is that they really haven't solved the uh, the problems with that corner. But uh, the the other thing to to bear in mind is the, the season's only 78 laps long but there's a lot of questions that haven't been answered but there are some that have been answered and and one of them is that you know we all we all sort of think that James Courtney is um is going to show his true colors with DJR I think he saw a real good chunk of that today before um unfortunately um you know he he sort of uh, he had to had to um you know uh sort of stop but um but you know and the other, the other thing is that um you know, Win Cup has obviously not lost a whole lot from last year, and you know those knockers out there who said Triple Eight have bitten off more than they can chew, don't they look like absolute gooses at the moment? 
I was about to say to uh, one of your points there, they're not letting drivers do any racetrack design since Canberra. But uh, the Hogsters won. That was Scaife, remember. <laughs> Hogsters won, Ford and Holden zero. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, not just the Hogster one. I was talking to Roland Dane yesterday. He said after qualifying, they were one, two, four, and five with their with their new triple eight cars. He doesn't call them Falcons. They are called Hogsters. Um, um, and it was interesting. He actually said, as Gordon just said, he said those people who thought that we bought up more than we could chew can all go and will look after themselves. <laughs> One thing about hogsters, though, they've got to be very careful here in South Australia because uh, Mr Rand, the Premier, has brought in outlaw bikey gang laws saying that uh, two or more people involved in hogster groups aren't allowed to associate together. So that would be uh, one that they need to be careful for, Gordon. Yeah, well, there's more, there's more than two in that crowd downstairs in that garage, isn't there? So uh, that's going to be interesting. But, um, you, you know, getting back, to, uh, getting back to the race and serious issues, I think Will Davison's race outside uh, Jamie's was probably the driver of the race. I mean, he, he nearly slipped up on Tander's oil there at one stage. He spun, and uh, he's ended up on the podium, you know. Um, and if you remember at the start, he, uh, he fluffed the start like Jamie and was shuffled back down to 15th place. So that was quite a good drive. Now we yeah, are for a minute there. For a minute there, he looked a bit like Scaife, didn't he? Was always famous for those rocket starts where he selected reverse gear. We have seen uh, one race down, as Gordo said, but it is one race. This is not a two-race event. The winner doesn't go home tomorrow with the trophy. They both get a trophy. That is a change that you know, we're sitting here and goes, who won the Clipsal 500? I guess in our mind it'll be the winner tomorrow, but. We're going to have two, unless well, Jamie Wincup wins both. But this, this meeting's always been weird like that, you know, like we've had guys who've had maximum point scores and haven't got the trophy, and then some bloke wins one and comes second. I mean, it's just stupid. Um, the fact of the matter is they should average the things. For, for a big event like this, they need to average them out, you know, and, and declare an overall winner for the weekend, particularly for the media. I mean, this is, this is V8 Supercars trying to be very smart and make sure that every day the paper or the, or the TV's got a winner. But, but in an event like this, people want to know who won for the weekend. I think, it, you know, you can't say you had two winners on one weekend. We are, though, and that is something that... Uh Perhaps Joe Punter, who doesn't follow motorsport, will understand Gordo, but the race fan will go, a round win does mean something to us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can sort of see what V8 supercars were trying to achieve, but execution-wise, I don't think it's actually worked because they've, they've gone to basically a world super superbike uh, formula in, in terms of the one qualifying session and, uh, and same starting position for both races and, and, you know, two winners over the weekend. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's trying to over, by oversimplifying things. I think they've done the wrong thing. It's one into two principle. It just uh, doesn't go. Well, of course, but the other thing is if you're Craig Lowndes sitting down there with your blown-up engine thinking, how good's this? I'm back on the front row tomorrow instead of off the back, you know. And the same with Garth Tander. You know, those two blokes get back on the front two rows of the grid. They'll be. They won't. You talk about what drivers telling us what they really think. They might really hate this, but this weekend they'll be. Yes, oh, I think it's a terrific idea. Well, Lee Holsworth spoke to us before the racing today. It's Saturday, and he told us what he really thought of the qualifying rules. Perhaps he'll have uh, the same opinion after this race as well. But, Paul, we have to get you on the long show very soon. The long show. What, it goes longer than this? <laughs> the long show is about 12 stubbies. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks very much to Golden Gordo and Paul Gover. We'll be back with the White Flag Lap right after this. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. 
Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Murphy from the Sprint Gas Racing Team, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Yeah, not too bad. It would have been nice to start off second where um, my time would have put me. So uh, a little disappointing to end up in 10th because it's not only a penalty for the for the first race, it's a penalty for both races because I'll be starting from 10th no matter where I finish in the first race. Um, you know, I'll be starting 10th for the, for the second race. But um, we're gonna, we know we've got a quick car and uh, we'll just have to move up through the grid. Now, fairly dejected that you're starting 10th from both races... If you were second on the grid, would you be so upset with the new uh, qualifying rule? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if I was second, the front row for both races, I'd be fairly pleased with this rule. But, I mean, it benefits some and not others. So, it's, uh, I guess it's the same for everyone. So, it's, um, you know, it's not unfair, I suppose. But it's just, uh, it's annoying when you don't have a good qualifying. You can't always be first. But on this track particularly... Is it actually a disadvantage on which side you start when you are starting on the front row like that? Uh, I don't... Well, I mean, the guys on the inside for the first corner have the dirty line to start on, um, on on the grid. So uh, although they've got the advantage of having the inside line, the guys on the on the outside of the, uh, the grid will have probably a better start. So... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be rather starting where I am, which is on the outside. All in all, the cars have been extremely quick right from you got out of the box, and uh, it's also interesting when you look down the pit lane, you guys are the first Holden team to appear. Yeah, well, that's how it should be, really. <laughs> um, it's nice to be the first Holden team in, uh, along pit lane. Um, it helps us out probably with um, getting out of or having people out of our way when we exit the pits. Um, we won't have so many cars to contend with when we're pulling out. Um, yeah, uh, it'd be nice to move up further this year to try and get up amongst some of those Fords up the, up the front there. I think everyone in front of us are Fords. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be trying as hard as we can this year for the team's championship to move up to the front. All right, now the serious stuff. You've got to refuel in these races. You've got to refuel all year. How much work have you and uh, your engineers and, and the team been doing as to the optimum time to uh, as the optimum time to pit? It's a difficult one with the pit stops because you, it's so line ball whether you can do a one stop race um, you know, because the fuel we're using more fuel now, so um, you know it's there's a smaller window for that stop. So uh, we've been doing a lot of a lot of um, research into in the practice and qualifying, see how low we can get, or how how good we can get our fuel consumption, and um, it seems like we're going all right at the moment. But it's going to be 
We can only wait till the race to see what happens. Tyre degradation is also a critical factor, so um, where normal thought would be, all right, we're going to have two safety car laps, I'm going to pit when I'm within two safety car laps of making it all the way home, but is tyre degradation so bad on what we're using as a standard tyre here that you can't afford to play a long, a long run home? I believe with our cars, judging by what happened last year, we've got good pace throughout the whole race, um, and we don't we don't drop off that much with these tyres. So, um, whereas other people do. So for us, um, a longer run will not matter to us with our tyre degradation. So um, it's all just comes down to fuel for us. My thanks to uh, Lee Holsworth, also to Paul Gover and Gordon Lamus. Join us this Thursday for our full show. Until then, as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.